Conversations with gospel artists, pastors Our faith is what got us through all the troubles and disasters Indeed we fell short, but the Lord never passed us Our belief in God is the most important factor It's the Velika B Project You're now tuned in to the Velika B Project With your host, Velika B Lover of God, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen Sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation Well, praise the Lord, saints Amen, amen. He is worthy to be praised. How are you doing? Looking glamorous as usual. He is worthy to be praised. So let me just go ahead and just get started how I normally do. Let me do the introductions real quick. My name is Valika B, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen. This is the Valika B Project. This podcast, this broadcast will go out to not only to my um, my podcast audience, it'll also go out to our radio audience in our social media audience as well. But what I do want to do before we get started is to just do a little disclaimer. The things that we talk about on the Velika B Project, which tonight will be asked the, um, ask the pastor. Um, these are conversations between me and Pastor West. And I do want to acknowledge that our conversations are our opinions and our views, um, and not even necessarily our views, but opinions. We're going to say opinions and views somewhat, mm, but any views and comments and opinions that we do have right here on the Velika B Project um, are ours, myself and Pastor Wes. We may not agree, but we're going to agree to disagree. But I do want to let the audience know, um, if we're on the radio right now, I do want to let the radio audience know that um, these views are not our radio partner's views, which is Gospel uh, Impact Radio. So I do want to go ahead and get the disclaimer out right now. So how are you doing on tonight, um, Pastor West? I am doing wonderful. I am lovely. Awesome, awesome. And I was like, I was sitting back listening to your um, Bible study. I'm like, man, everything we were going to talk about, he don't touch on it now. I'm like, man. Ah. But I'm going to talk anyway. Well, come on. Talk. I'm going to talk anyway. So um, you you mentioned to love thy neighbor, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You say love thy neighbor. I know the Bible yeah. says love thy neighbor. But what if our neighbor is so jacked up that we just, just don't want to love them no more? Like, for real. They do some nasty stuff. They get on our last nerve. And they keep trying us. I talked to my ther- therapist about that this week, and she gave me the practical things that we should do. And I know you're going to come back at me biblically because you did. You did touch on that earlier. But this part of the show that um, people didn't hear, hear the Bible study conversation that you just had. So, again, we're going to call it love thy neighbor. But what if our neighbor is ugly? And I'm not talking about face ugly, heart ugly. Like I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of my neighbor now. So help me, Pastor West, because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of a neighbor. Help, help, help me, please. Well, what we got to understand that a lot of times the problem with loving our neighbors is that we are trying to love them based on this flesh. And this flesh can pick and choose who to love and when it wants to love. But as we talked about tonight, Jesus says that once we love God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, then we can love our neighbors. 
And what I'm trying to get us to understand, we have to move outside of this flesh. Because as long as we're trying to love inside of the, the realm of this flesh, we're going to always fail. Because think about it like this. We were never good person. We probably did some mess, some junk. But guess what? Jesus still went to the cross for all of us. Why? Because he wasn't motivated by his flesh. He was motivated by God. And when we love people, we have to look at them through the very eyes of God. And the only way to do that is you have to be out of this flesh. Matter of fact, Jesus says that we need to bless those that hate us. Pray for those that despitefully use us. Why? What is Jesus doing? Jesus showing us the true way to get glory from God is that we have to move outside of the flesh realm and into the spirit realm and say, you know what? I see what's behind this person and I'm going to love them in a way. And as we love them, guess what? God does what he do. See, we want people to line up with us, but sometimes we have to love them according to God. And as we do God, God will work in that individual. So basically, in a nutshell, it doesn't matter who they are. You and I are commanded to love regardless. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, that sounds real good. I know it's in the Bible, but man, come on. Sometimes our flesh just take over, like for real. Seriously. Exactly. And the reason why the flesh take over is because we have, like I told tonight, we've been feeding our flesh. And these things don't happen overnight. It's just like, you know, working out. The, when you go to the gym, have you ever noticed when people go to the gym and they work out hard, they come home, think they just lost all type of weight. But it's, 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 it's a lifestyle. We have to grow into this. And as we grow, you got to tell God, God, you know what? I really don't like this person. But I know your word told me I got to love them. I got to love them. But right now, I need your help to love this person. And we have to trust that God would give us what we need to love that person. And yet, it is hard. It's going to be challenging. But it's not going to happen overnight. You got to grow in it. You got to grow in the grace. Now, 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 okay, let's keep it 100, though, Pastor Wes. Okay, come on. And, and I know you know the word better than a lot of us do. But I know it's been some times where you don't have been in situations here lately where sometimes you don't forget a little bit about what you preached about and you be ready to knock somebody out, but not physically knock them out, but your thought, you had to, you had to catch yourself like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I know you don't been there. Please tell me yeah. that. You're human. Well, well, like, I, like, I, like I said tonight and like I tell my church, uh, uh, there's times where we, we, the, the Bible says a righteous man fall down seven times, but he get right back up. 
And what I'm trying to get us to understand is there'll be times because we still live in a sinful body. And every now and then, we allow our flesh to have control. But when we allow that flesh to have control, it puts us in a situation where we have to come back, apologize to God, and apologize to that person. Yes, there have been times. Matter of fact, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, here at the house, a uh, guy came to pick up a porta potty that uh, that was we were using to let the workers use, and it was raining. And common sense would have said, "Don't drive on the grass." Common sense, right? But he drove on the grass, <laughs> tore my yard up, tore my grass up, got stuck. Had to get a wreck out here to drag him out. And I was furious. I'm not a fact, I even said, you know what? If I were there, man, that dude probably would have had some issues. But thank God I wasn't there. And that's what I'm saying. God knows, God says that he would not put more on us than we could bear. But at those moments when your flesh wants to have its way, God knows how to open that door of escape. Because that's what the enemy does. He applies pressure. Temptation is pressure being applied to your flesh. And all of us, and everybody, preachers, deacons, lay members alike, we all struggle with those issues. That's why we have to encourage one another every day. That's why we have to have a support system. Because no one is above attack. All of us have those moments where we just want to have an attack. We just want to leash out. We just want to go off. So what you're experiencing is something we all experience. Many times we pass the test. Sometimes we don't. But guess what? When we fail, we have to come back to God and say, God, help me right here. You understand what I'm saying? And those persons that we seem to have a difficult time with, maybe it's best to try to stay away from them until you can develop that little relationship with that person. Is that understandable? No, I get it. I get it. Listen, I'm good. I get it. But I have to bring the questions that the questions are asked to me. Another thing that I heard you talking about um, a few minutes ago was, uh, and it was funny because I'm like, ah, I got to chime in on this one. Um, for the ones who just tuning in, my name is Belika B, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen. This is the Belika B um, Project. And I'm here having a whole conversation with Pastor West. And our segment is called Ask a Pastor. So, past, past. All right. All right. So, a lot of people don't understand this either. And it happened to me. And I don't think I was saved around this time it happened. But a lot of times, um, saints or ain'ts love to come up to people and say, Hey, the Lord told me to tell you to do A, B, and C. And I never forget one time before. Again, I, I was not saved at the time. But one thing when you do have some type of relationship with God, 
you can feel. And something most people be like, something told me not to do A, B, and C. More than likely, that was the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the crazy part is this lady told me she she knew I was going through something with my ex at the time. Um, and that was like many, many, many years ago. And <laughs> she 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 was to me personally, I feel like she was feeding off of the things that I was telling her. And she knew that I was down and pretty much, and I was in a weak, weak, weak place. So I never forget she was at my house and she was like, um, Valika, wake up, wake up. It was like five o'clock in the morning. Valika, wake up, wake up. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you A, B, and C. So I turned over and like, you know, she busted in the room. And I was like, could you tell the, um, no, she said the Lord. She didn't say Holy Spirit. She said, the Lord told me to tell you A, B, and C. So I was like, okay, can you um, do me a favor? Can you go back and ask the Lord, can you tell me at eight o'clock in the morning? Cause I'm still asleep, like for real. So then eight o'clock, eight on one, she busted in the room again. Wake up, wake up, wake up. The Lord, I have a message from the Lord and he told me to tell you A, B, and C. I'm like, okay, what do the Lord want me to know, ma'am? Because <laughs> I'm real irritated at this point. You know what I'm saying? The Lord told me to tell you the reason why you're going through. Keep in mind, I don't tell her the business, so she knows what I'm going through. Right. The reason why you're going through what you're going through is because you're being disobedient. I was like, what you mean by being disobedient? The Lord, you know, the Lord been telling you to give me, 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 her, your tithes and offering. And that's why you're going through what you're going through because you're being disobedient. Now look, keep in mind, I wasn't saved back then, but I, it just didn't, it didn't sit well with me. So I said, okay, do me a favor. Can you go back and tell the Lord? to tell me what he told you. And once he tells me what he told you, then I'll give you my tithes and offering. But until then, I ain't getting you nothing. So that, I heard you when you were saying that earlier about um, the Lord, people were saying stuff like that. But anyway, people pray on things like that. And, and here, here again, the Holy Spirit do, to me, bring confirmation to other people. Like Ryan, I could tell you, hey, I just feel in my heart that um, you should do A, B, and C, or you were going to do A, B, and C, or D, F, G, or whatever. But then you'll say, because you don't heard that from God as well, and you be like, you know what, cuz? And y'all, this is my cousin too, my, not only Pastor Roderick, but he's my cousin as well. But then you could be like, cuz, you know what? That makes sense. Because you already kind of heard that from the Lord, and it's almost like confirmation. So what do you, what's your thoughts on when people do that? Well, like I said, that's basically, that's, that's my thought. If anytime somebody come to you and say the Lord said, it needs to be confirmation to you. Nine times out of ten, if it's brand new to you, then it ain't God. God works through others to push us to where He wants us to be. Nine times out of ten, if somebody comes to you with a word from the Lord, and that is something brand new to your life brand new to your situation, then nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with God. And the motive behind it, you need to always look at the motive behind whatever they tell you. Is that motive going to glorify God or is that motive going to glorify the individual? With that situation where this lady saying that you're supposed to give her the tithe, and according to the text, that ain't the scripture. 
Tithes right. don't go to a person. Tithes go to the church. Right. So at that point, we know somebody was just trying to get some money out of you because they saw you dying. But again, if you are down, then the Bible shows us that if we just come to God, God knows how to lift us up. But false, you got false teachers out there. You got false prophets, false so-called evangelists, apostles, all of them. And yet that's why it's so important that we know the word and we able to die the word of truth. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Something else I want to ask the pastor. Okay. Why do we always blame Eve for Adam? <laughs> what he did? Why not we got to be a woman? Like, you had a mind of your own, bro. <laughs> well, look. First of all, let's look at this. I know... Uh, I, I used to tell I one day I was at church and I, I was messing with my wife and and you know how sometimes women we say women say well they have this intuition that they know when something wrong and I told my wife I said you know why women have that intuition because they know wrong because they were the first one to deal with wrong they the first one to deal with the enemy man didn't speak to the enemy it was a woman that spoke to the enemy. Now, women, don't get mad at me. That was just a little joke. But what I'm saying is this right here. Eve. Adam tried to blame Eve. Matter of fact, there's been times, and I know my wife listening right now, and I know some of the members of my church listening right now, uh, when anything happened, I'm saying, man, it's this woman of mine, that wife, she the one made me late. Uh, it, it, she, she, she. And, and what happened is this right here, folks. What happened is, if we look at it, when man sinned, we know Eve, she was deceived. But man was just straight disobedient. When Eve ate of that fruit, when she disobeyed God, nothing happened. But what happened is she gave to him. Instead of him saying, I ain't eating that mess. Guess what? He went on and ate it, and at that point, the eye was open. And what the enemy did is he broke that relationship between man and the woman. And the first thing, man once had love for that woman. But notice what happened. When that happened, when sin entered, the woman now became the problem. Instead of him, instead of her being the woman he loved, now she is the woman that is the problem. Now, how do I get that? Because if you read the Ephesians, the Bible tells us, men, you are to what? Love your wife. Multiple times. Why? Because that's what sin did. Sin, instead of causing us to love our wife, it called us to blame our wife. And then it tells the woman, woman, you are to submit to your husband. So what the enemy did is that he, through trickery, through deceit, caused the woman, instead of the man to lead her, he allowed the woman to lead the man out of the will of God. Even though he messed up, guess what? He still wouldn't take responsibility for himself. 
And a lot of times when men don't want to own up to their own mess, guess what they're going to do? Throw the blame on the woman. Always blame. They, instead of dealing with themselves, they want to throw the blame on the woman. And I've been guilty of that myself. But to love your wife is to not throw her under the bus, but to protect her as much as we can. So it ain't that all women. Now you got some of y'all out there that just off the chain. Some of y'all just straight up hard-headed. Rebellious just like the spirit of Jezebel. Goodbye. And sometimes the man has to, instead of being weak like Ahab, have to recognize, look, I need to send some order and some precedence in this house. I mean, that's just real talk. We're talking real talk, right? No, what to me, what you're saying is that a woman has so much power to make y'all act any kind of way. Is that what you're saying? I have said no such thing like that. That what you insinuating. That what it sounds nope, like to nope. me. We got so much power. We made Adam eat that apple. <laughs> or excuse, <Y'all>, excuse me, <laughs> the fruit. Let me say fruit. The fruit. the fruit or whatever it was. It, he ate whatever it was because of the woman's power. But no, you know, a woman, woman will make a man act out of character quick. You know that. The problem is this right here. Because the man failed to operate in his authority. He allowed that authority to be shifted to the woman. What instead of him. First of all, let's do it like this right here. You you married, right? You yep. married. Yep. If you go out to eat and a man come up to talk you and your husband together, who is the man going to talk to Greek first? You or your husband? I'm acute, they me. Oh, there we go. You asked me the question. Look, any man in their right mind, the first thing he gonna do, he see a woman with a husband, and he know he gonna introduce himself to that man first, and then proceed to conversate with the woman. So notice what I'm trying to get you to understand: Satan is a messed up person, and notice what he did. He didn't acknowledge the authority that God had planted in the earth, but guess what? He went to the woman because he knew he could get her not to act right because the man had the authority. So guess what? He went to her and she fell for his deception. Instead of the man saying, man, hold on, man, I'm talking to my wife. God told us this. God told us that. Guess what? He stopped. He stood right there and listened to the whole conversation and said absolutely not. Time out. Come on. But but did Eve place any weapon up against Adam's head to say, eat this fruit, she did not. He had a word from God and he knew what he should and should not do. But he did it anyway. Because the, why, it's almost like the flesh is weak. Am I right or wrong? The, yeah, the Bible says flesh is weak. But what I'm saying is, and what I just said, I agree with what you're saying. He was just disobedient. 
he failed to obey God. He was he chose to follow his wife. Instead of following God, he followed his wife. Why? Because he was not operating according to his spirit, but he was operating according to his flesh. If he would have been operating according to his spirit, then that situation would have never happened. And that's what the enemy does. He gets you off your game by enticing your flesh. Now people say, well, why he just then, you know, if, if he won the eight, then what would have happened? Who knows what would have happened? Would God have struck Eve down and gave him another woman? Who knows? But the one thing that we know is that in that moment of temptation, in that moment of sin, instead of him doing what God told him to do, he chose to do what his wife told him to do. He straight up disobeyed God. And you got a lot of women that are leading men because they just won't operate in the authority and they are still disobeying God. What authority are you talking about? The, at the headship of the home, of the marriage. God did set the headship up. Now, see that we so, so basically, let me do it like this right here. Uh, go, go, go to scriptures, honey. I mean, pastor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, go, let's look at the text. Let, let, me, let me find, let me get some scriptures for you here. Look at, uh, let's go to Timothy real quick. Mm -hmm. Let me see, can we find some scriptures for you? So the Malika here. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's start at verse number 8. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 8. It says, I will therefore men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. In like manner also that the woman adorn herself in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braiding of hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh a woman possessing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but, it, but, but I suffer not a woman to teach or to exhort authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed being Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. So basically, everything we just talked about, it shows right here that Adam was deceived, it was the man. But as we continue to look at scriptures, uh, talking about the authority of a man, let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, 11, uh, verse number one and follow. It says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. 
Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinance as I delivered them to you, that I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is the man. Let me, let me repeat that. The head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. So now, I didn't write this. What I'm trying to get us to understand, God set it up. And what God set up has been mocked by so many people because what the enemy did in the garden. He, the enemy, is what tried to get a woman to lead the man. But the scripture tells us that man was given the authority to lead the woman. It's simply like this right here. If a burglar come into your house, your husband ain't finna throw you out in front of the burglar, but he's gonna step between you and the burglar. Matter of fact, let's look at the text over here in Ephesians. Let's get some more scriptures here. Uh, Ephesians. Uh, chapter 5. Let's see here. Uh, okay, let's see. Okay, let's look at this, uh, verse 21, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Why? Submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. So notice what it says. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands, not in something, but in everything. Notice, then it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And look what it says, and gave himself for. So the break is what's happening is that the system that God set up, as good as it is, as righteous as it is, is trying to be torn down by this world system. Where God says the man should be the head of the wife and the, and, and, and the head of the home, and he should love his wife, and that the wife should be submitted unto her husband. The enemy comes in and says, no, that ain't, oh, we're in a new age. No, this is a couple of miracles. And we're trying to bring that reality over into the kingdom of God. It don't work like that. What if, and everything you're saying is coming from the word of God. I get it. And I, and I do believe the word. Okay. What if husband and wife, and this is not my case. It was my case for the old marriage, but it's not the case for this but here's the thing. What if everything we agree, I agree, totally agree everything you're saying because it's coming from the word of God. Okay. But what if there's a shift in the marriage where the husband is not acting as the head? So the woman had to step in to be 
she's starting to act because if she don't step in to be or act as the head, if she don't step in to act as the head, it's going to destroy the entire household. You understand I'm going with this, yeah. Rod? Okay. It's going to destroy the entire household where now the man is not working. Now the man is not doing this. Now the man is not doing A, B, and C. He's not paying the bills. All of this. So if if we, not we, I'm not going to put myself in that category. If the woman was to follow the man and the man is really, let's be honest, leading the woman to hell, almost like hell, do we still, as a wife, not me, y'all, I'm going to keep saying this, is not. I'm not talking about me now. As a woman, I don't saw too, it don't happen to too many households. So do the woman still follow that destructive man that she's supposed to be, that's supposed to be her husband, the one who she got married to, and he was great in the beginning, but all of a sudden we started having a shift because the world have taken over his mindset and his ways. So do the woman still follow this destruction? Because that's pretty much where we're going. Well, Paul tells us that, uh, that you know, we when we look at the word of God, we only follow the women. Let me tell you this. Women, you only follow your husband as he follows God. If he's not following God, then you're not obligated to follow him. The man should be leading his family towards God. Matter of fact, let's look at some scriptures here. First uh, Corinthians 7 uh, talks about uh, marriage over here. It says, uh, look at, let's look at verse uh, 25. It's a now concerning virgin who have no commandment of the Lord. Yet I give my judgment as one that has ordained, uh, ordained mercy of the Lord be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for the man to be so. Notice, art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not to a wife. But if thou marry, thou hast not seen. So that ain't what I want. It, it, it's a text over here, and it talks about that if, if the unmarried, okay, here it is. Let's look over here at verse number uh, 33. But he that is uh, married cares for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. That is different also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of God, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cares for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely and that ye may attend to be the Lord without distraction. If any man think that he behaveth, that ain't what I'm looking for. Okay, so then. So then, he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth not better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to him to be married again. But basically right here, 
Paul is, he was dealing with these issues, the same issues. If you have a man and if you got saved and your husband is not saved, he said that with your conversation, you can win your husband. Our job is to fight for that marriage. Our job is to do whatever it takes. But notice here, if your husband departs from the will of God, you are not obligated to follow him. You're not obligated to walk in that direction. Your job is to live such a way to that in your conversation, that man might be saved. That man might be turned. And the same thing goes to the woman. That if that woman is acting a fool, that through her life, through her conversation, through her loving God, it will cause that woman to turn to God. Those things are Hard, Paul had to deal with those things. Those things are hard to deal with. But what he's telling us, that we are to remain holy, even though the other spouse is not holy. But now if that man gets to the place where he is abusing you, then he has abandoned the order of marriage that God has set in place. And you're no longer bound to that. So, say for instance, if your husband beating you across your head, <laughs> you ain't obligated to stay in that because that man has left, he has vacated the principle of God in that marriage. If that woman is beating that man across his head, she has violated and she has abandoned the order of God in that man. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Well, we're going to stop there. <laughs> got a little deep, didn't we, Cousin Pastor? Yeah, got a little deep. Got a little deep. <laughs> got a little deep there. But, oh, uh, oh, hold on. I just found the scripture that I really want. Okay. 1 Corinthians 7, 12, it says, but the rest I speak, I not the Lord. If any brother has a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Like you said, you got two people that came together, one started believing, the other one ain't. He said, don't put her away. And the woman which has a husband that believeth not, if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were the children unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. And the brother or sister is not under the bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. That's what I was trying to get to. If they depart, 
If they leave, if they abandon you or the marriage, then all of a sudden, you know, you're no longer bound. You can return back to peace. I ain't make you tired. Look, you're tired. Green. Who? You like you tired. Hey, you know that that that's one of those doozies. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh it, it's 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 just trying to get ourselves grabbed, I mean and graft it back in the word of God because that's what's gonna change and be a lot of lives. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Hold on. Green. No, the veggie. Smoothie. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm thirsty. I'm sorry. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. This, this don't got my mouth watering. I'm sorry, y'all. My son can't catch a hint. I'm like, the green, the smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, y'all. Okay. All right. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much, Pastor Wes, for um, joining me again on um, Ask the Pastor. So um, we will be back soon. For sure, probably next week is the if the Lord is willing. If the Lord is willing, Lord, we y'all know I got my cousin. Excuse me, do I pass it? He's past cousin. This is my cousin, Pastor Roderick West. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Sister Belika, I appreciate it. Go ahead, and you can just close us out like you normally do. All right. Well, Heavenly Father, we first of all we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this Bible uh, study, Lord. We thank you for those who you allow to listen and see and hear what we're discussing. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that in everything that we do, Lord, that we don't be selfish or self-centered. And Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that we can engage and, and agree to disagree without falling out. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that we just return back to your word because your word has the most positive direction for our life. And Father, we just thank you for this night, Lord. We thank you for allowing those to hear and to tune in and to listen. And, and Father, I just pray, Lord, that your word will make a mighty impact on somebody that heard it tonight. And Father, we thank you so much for being so patient with us and help us to learn how to be patient with others. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen. Until next week, y'all, hey, stay firm and uh, be blessed in the word of God. Then, next week. Thank you. Rod, right, shut us down. Well, that concludes this episode of the Velika B Project with your host, Velika B. Until next time we meet, be blessed.